0: Hello, this is Michelle Weston with Wellness Learning Curves 2.0. Love being with you this week. And as always, I have a very interesting guest for Talk Radio for Women. We like to be 360 every day, every hour with you. And I would like to welcome a new friend, a new amazing RN, patient advocate, registered and certified health and wellness coach, and Lori Gardner. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm terrific. I am so grateful that you came on to help explain some things from the position of, which I've not had, a registered nurse of many years who transitioned into patient advocacy, seeing the holes in our healthcare landscape, and also a board-certified health and wellness coach. And you listeners out there have heard me talk about my putting my foot down when I was in bioethics and going through my classes and people saying to me, even when I got my master's, you can't do both patient advocacy and health and wellness coaching. Well, Lori, it happens to be that she feels the same way that I do and um, had opportunities to work with some really amazing patient advocates out on the West Coast and they questioned you couldn't do it. Lori and I believe you can wear two hats. You can wear four hats, but you have to know what hat you're working in when you're working with a client. So if I'm a patient advocate, I put on that hat. If I am your health and wellness coach, that is a different hat. Ethically, we both know we must stand in that ethics of this is where I am because there are different rules. Just like there's different rules in the world for anything, we're very clear on what we do. Lori, do you feel that you've been able to create a business after having your kids and going, you know what, I want to do things differently to work for both?
1: Yeah, so that's a great point, Michelle. And I will say my history in that development really came from... um, when I was deciding to go back out into the workforce, I did something I had done before. So I got a consulting job at an orthopedic company doing clinical research. But I, it didn't resonate with me because once a nurse, always a nurse. I needed to get into something close to people again. So believe it or not, I had a major, major surgery in 2009. And while I was flat on my back, I had an epiphany. An epiphany came to me from above, I believe, that said, um, actually, I was doing life coaching at the time. And I'm talking to my life coach who said, um, you know, I just heard this this, business. This It's called patient advocacy. And I was like, what? And she said, yeah, people help, you know, navigate, nurses are helping people navigate the healthcare system. And I remember being on the phone going, wait a minute, I've been doing that for years pro bono, because everybody in that family calls the nurse, what should I do? I said, you mean I can make a business out of that? Well, off I went. I tell people, it's like I was shot out of a cannon. And that was my mission. And this was a tough surgery. When I two or three months later had a suitcase, I could pick up, head out to the West Coast for my first course. I was um, amazed. Anyway, during that course, when we ended this course, which was fabulous by this. um, And that's patient advocacy, right? That's patient advocacy. Yeah. While I did my business card, she was very good at the trainer, was good at getting us educated on patient advocacy, also on, um, you know, business. So she said, what are you going to put on your business card? It's like, healthcare advocate and wellness coach. She goes, what? Where did the wellness coach come from? I was like, listen, I'm a nurse by profession and by mission. I'm going to be a patient advocate, but I got to tell you something. I will help anybody, anybody get through the vortex of our crazy healthcare system, but I'd rather prevent them from getting there in the first place. And so that's where the wellness coaching is because we got to pick a lane. I said, no, no, no I get that. So to your point, Michelle, I picked a lane and I did healthcare advocacy all the while thinking eventually I'm going to do wellness coaching. So I, am oh, sorry.
0: And that's also because you were dealing with your own health issues and Seen that if you made changes in the way that you lived, you know, with the major surgery that you had and the things that were going on, you could also make a difference in how you felt, you know, I mean, it's the next stage right. of your well- life
1: listen, I think that the best coach is the one that's already walked the walk. You got to clean up your stuff to be a good coach. And I know I could write a book. Actually, somebody, I said something to, this to somebody not long ago. I know how to get well. I know how to stay well. She goes, that's the name of a book. I like, you know what? You're right. So this is all based on my belief. The mind, body, spirit drives everything. So when I went for that major surgery, I actually watched. This is crazy. This is a nurse. I watched <laughs> the surgery. I knew everything they were going to do. I knew all the complications that could happen afterwards. So when it came time that I could potentially have a complication where they pull out a tube, my stomach had, to start working. I said, it's going to start working. And it did. So there's this strong um, connection between the mind and the body, which, um, so fast forward, I did then get certified as a national um, health and wellness coach. But to your point, Michelle, which is interesting, yes, we have to keep in two lanes. I either get hired as a health and wellness coach, or I get hired at patient advocacy. But I will say that as a patient advocate, The fact that I had to go through all this training for health and wellness coaching, my ability to communicate, my ability to coach somebody, because you're, in essence, sometimes coaching people when you're doing patient advocacy, like we have to figure out, you know, those difficult cases where there's no differential diagnosis, you've got to select the right healthcare team that's not my job as a healthcare advocate. My job is to present options to my clients and have them pick. But then it, the fact that I can help them, ask, I ask the right questions so and they can get their right answer. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. That, but that's that what it is. That's why both, yeah. right.
0: so that's why, sorry about that. That's why both of us understand patient advocacy, asking the right questions, provoking the patient to think or the caregiver to think right. about things. Even in wellness coaching, what we're doing if we are doing our jobs is even more so than patient advocacy. We are not giving suggestions. We are provoking you to think through things that you probably already know in your brain. And I know that sounds crazy and Lori would agree with me, but if you're asking powerful, motivational questions as a health and wellness coach, you are doing exactly what people need, which is to be empowered to be their own advocate and to Mm -hmm. own their own health and wellness,
1: right? Right. And, you know, oftentimes I say to people, you know, even on, um, you know, even a new client or then uh, midway through client, the idea is to obviously people call because they're in sometimes crisis, they need some help, they need some definition and some information. But ultimately, my job as whether it's an advocate or coach is to empower somebody. So an advocacy patient, I will say to them, listen, I am here. I'm your. I got your back. We're going to get through this first episode. But I'm here to empower and educate you so you can do more for yourself on the next go round. So it's more about, you know, it's not a passive relationship. It's pretty dynamic. It depends on the client. Some clients, you know, they don't want to do so much. Just do it all for me. And that's fine. They may be pretty sick and whatnot, but then they're still gaining, you know, the option is there if they want to take more information in or they want to get more educated, empowered for themselves to do it. That's That should always, um, in my opinion, be an option because people, we live a long lifetime, hopefully, and there's always going to be some issues. So you got to like know enough to ask for help or know enough to do the next right thing. Yeah,
0: and- And being an RN, you know, I love that. First of all, you have kids. So you, you know, you've dealt with all the craziness of having kids and stopping working and sitting back. So not even stopping, sitting back and disengaging for a bit to raise your kids, you know, and that's important to be able to differentiate. This is the hat I'm wearing now. I'm mom. I'm mom for five years, 10 years, 15 years. I'm going to, I'm going to function in the shoes of being the mom wearing that hat.
1: And Instead of being. Well, and yeah, it's interesting you say that, Michelle, because when I left my career, it was a good career and I was like on a fast track. And there was like, I can't believe you're leaving. I didn't even, I had my first child. I went back to work here for my first child, and it was a pharmaceutical company. It was busy. I was in management and I, um, When I was pregnant with my second, I was like, I'm not even going to wait for maternity benefits. And people were crazy, like, why you Why would you leave? Like you're on a fast track. I was like, Why would I leave? Because I know what I want. I'm I'm having a second child. My husband was so busy; he wasn't around a lot. It was it was hard to be a working mom without that teammate always there, you know, to help you. He had that kind of a job. So um, they're like, What are you gonna do with your career? I was like, Listen, I'm not worried about it. Nurses are scrappy. If they're nothing, they are scrappy. And if I want to go back to work one day, I'll go back to work. Sure enough, when I decided it was time to go back to work, I was like, Yeah, I think it's time to go back to work. So I just put my little, I mean, I, you know, it's all about evolving into knowing yourself better and better every year. And I knew that, all right, here's an easy start. I'll start working. You know, I knew my old company bought out by this company and I thought, I'll just go to them. I knew a couple people in town that worked with them. I put out a couple feelers. I got the job because I wanted to, and I got it part-time. So I eased myself Great. back in. Perfect. So that's where you have to just have that awareness of um, what you want. You know, I got there. I was there for a little while. I was like, oh, you know, they asked me to sign on and no, I'm not going to do corporate again. And that's where I started this Whole trajectory towards, I got to get back to helping people because I mean, I always wanted to be a nurse since I was five years old. Once wow. A nurse, always a nurse. Really? Yeah, I knew I was going to be a nurse. Yeah, I was one of those lucky ones. I hear my, what I call my inner voice, quite easily. And so. That's great. That's it's, really great. Do you, yeah.
0: you, out there, yeah. think about that as listeners. Can you hear your inner voice? Clearly, and that's something to consider. And both, um, both Lori and I have learned and continue to learn how to listen to our inner voice. And that doesn't make us like better than you, it just means we're ahead on the curve. That's all. So that's why I call the show so, Wellness Learning Curves 2.0. So, can you stay ahead of the curve and moving towards the right direction? Not 1.0, 2.0. This is you getting to hear experts for the audience of listeners who have chronic conditions to know, you know what, there are people out there. Um, I asked you before we came on about how you heard about or learned about um, patient advocacy. What was your like, aha moment when you either read something or somebody said something to you about patient advocacy?
1: Yeah that was that aha moment when i was flat on my back recovering from surgery when a life coaching course i was doing one of the one of my coach called me just to um you know to check in see how i was doing and that's when she said i just heard about this this new service i would never heard of that um, people help other people navigate the healthcare system and nurses are doing it i was like what I was shot out of a cannon because I didn't know that was a business, and I was like, "That was so clear to me that that was what I had to do." Listen, you know well, Michelle. You know, being an entrepreneur is never easy. Never, and you know, so I zig I zigzagged through it, and there were times, and I was also keeping my day job, you know, because I wasn't going to do a lot of heavy duty funding from elsewhere. So I was floating a few hats around and there were times I was like what am I doing? What? And I just had to go back and say I was told to do this. This is this is this is what I'm meant to do. You cannot stop, but it's very hard. It can be very hard to be an entrepreneur. I mean, maybe now it's a little easier to become a patient advocate. There's a, maybe more resources or maybe not. There's a lot of um, courses and stuff like that. But that was my aha moment. It, I, it was clear as a bell, clear as a bell. But then again, I also think of myself as very fortunate. I do. Um, I can hear my inner voice. I've, I've worked on that for years. I have a program about conscious aging because I want other women because we, we're at, we we're at that. Mm, I try and say midlife, but I have to add a midlife and beyond. I'm sorry. I'm nah, not it's, okay. Anymore, it's okay.
0: It's okay. You know what? All if all you're 60, right. you look 50. If you're 50, you look 40. Nah, there you go. <laughs>
1: that's it. So you, t- I, you know, I believe this mind, body, spirit is the connection to everything, but it's not always easy to figure out how to connect it all. So that's what I was. I think we're all born with that, but then we lose it because we go into a box. We're supposed to be a certain way based on what our parents say, and we're supposed to be a certain way because way, what what school says we have to do, an expectation. So we kind of get like this whole um, facade going around, and we got to go back inside. It's all inside and all in, inside,
0: and it's really interesting. Also, you know. Hearing that voice, because I, like you, I mean, I, I didn't come from RM, but I was, a, a, you know, a surgeon's daughter, and I worked in my father's office, as I've said, you know, at nauseam to you guys listening, sorry. Um, you never know who is new, who's listening. Um, I worked in his office my years in high school on the weekends. That's what my sister and I both did. And you appreciate a doctor who can run his office really well and is really respected by his behavior, by his staff. You know, his staff, my father's yeah, staff yeah. stayed 25, 30 years. His nurses stayed with him for a long time because he was behind them. And that's really important. When you start to transition, my father always thought I would be, He well, in his perfect universe, I would have been a geriatric nurse. Because um, I like old people, you know, in Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. we had in the, in, the, uh, in the automobile industry, older people and also people who developed um, diabetes due to social um, I- inequities, honestly, you know, did, they, did we ever make yep. enough money? I mean, it was so important that, you know, we argue about unions, unions in the car business must be. They have to have that because they need to live a good life so they can afford the foods that those of us who are making more money make. I mean, that's why we have so many chronic conditions is, you know, they don't think about it. You know, they're on their feet all day and yeah. then they gain weight. And what happens? You know, we don't teach people like we should. So here are you and I are RN and then I went to help in wellness coaching. And did you hear her say that she's a word certified health and wellness coach? It's really important you understand. I keep driving this this point home, right? Why did you take the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaching proctored exam for four hours?
1: Yeah, so um, that's a great question, Michelle. And I don't want to negate anybody out there necessarily calling themselves a health coach. But but I'm talking about health and wellness coach
0: because you come from medicine. So you understand today we're trying to explore preventative medicine. So health and wellness coaches who are certified by the American Medical Association... Mm-hmm. what can we who have studied more bring to the table? The people, you f- you should always find the right fit, the person you can hear. But I, right. was, I thought it was important that I share people who really went that extra mile because they knew it was important to have that certification.
1: I think the main, that's a really good point. I think the main reason, um, Michelle, is I I wanted to have credentials that could say to a patient, patients are very vulnerable out there. People are very vulnerable. We're bombarded. I mean, they're all bombarded with not just health coaches, but health advice, diet, you name it. And I just wanted to be the person that said, you know what, you know what you're getting with me because I have a professional licensure. Just like when I do patient advocacy and I'm dealing with the doctor, I've just up-leveled myself. Not that anybody else can't be just as good a patient advocate, I'm not saying that, but with particularly with a doctor, there's a great respect between doctors and nurses and they I know i already have a certain um, level of education that they can just bounce right in with. so i thought the same with the national board of... i actually was on i sat for the first exam in 2017 because i felt like if i was going to do it i want to be credentialed but i want to be able to say um, to a prospective client these are my credentials and this is what i had to do to get it so you have that now you can decide to go with somebody else because somebody else may be cheaper and somebody else may be a health coach or something whatever no judgment for yeah, me, me either because i'm me a- either professional nurse, I just get credentialed at the highest level I can. Because that's, that's what you it, came you know, from. Just,
0: and you know that yeah, having credentials yeah. in the healthcare landscape is important. I don't, you know, yeah. a life coach is a life coach, a nutrition coach is a nutrition. That's fine. But ask them, sorry, if you're dealing with nutrition, I want to know that you have a license in nutrition and that you are certified to teach me and that you're constantly learning. Okay. That's the other thing.
1: And you want one interesting point is somebody could actually say to me, like, well, wait a minute, you didn't go get that. Now the board's board, it wasn't national board certification and patient advocacy. And they'd have a point. And um, I didn't do it because it was early on. And actually it was told that because I did this course in 2000. Whatever. Well, a long time ago. But that because I was medical and I'd done that course, I'd be grandfathered in. Yeah. And I wasn't. You wouldn't at that point I was what the BCPA? You're talking about the board. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that negates a little bit what I just said. But my reasoning behind that was simply that I was already doing the health coaching. I already have to get 30-something credit CEUs for my registered nurse. I have to get 36 every three years for the national board certification. I would had add on another 30 for the BCPA. And I thought, no, I was going to be grandfathered in. And I've been by the time that board that board certification test came out, I'd already been an advocate for 10 years, along got with it, got some it. that are even longer. And so I just couldn't fit it all in. There's only so many hours in a day no, I can't there's a, be doing so and CEUs, I just, and CEUs. I didn't guys, do that.
0: Yeah. But CEUs, when we say we need 30 CEUs, it's continuing education. Um, yeah. So when you hear that somebody is really, that's also why we're certified. I mean, she's already certified as a nurse. So she has to continue that if she wants to keep her RN, Um, you know, her 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 uh, her After her name, she wants to keep that, you know, it's, it means that we're constantly learning. We are constantly Constantly learning. learning. And I think for me, that was important. You know, it's different for other people, you know, people who are executive coaches from what I've learned from the Institute of Coaching, the best executive coaches and, um, you know, C-suite coaches are people who've worked in business, are people who were teachers who then worked in healthcare or worked in marketing or worked and they've worked with people and they understand the structure of being in that C-suite and they can teach them better leadership. So there's the difference. We aren't te- we aren't coaches for leadership as a company, okay? We are coaches leadership in leadership for our patients for our clients. And the leadership mm. there is a different animal, the same but different, you know? It could be a zebra instead of a cheetah, but they're both running through the grass in countries and they're both animals. So that's why I say that because for me, like you, that was really important for me to 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 do that. And I will tell you, even at the Institute of Coaching, which is an affiliate of Harvard, and I pay dues there every month to be a member of them as an as a as a. Uh, as a member. Um what's important to me is I grow with people who are ahead of me, right? I mean when mm-hmm. I hear these people who have been coaches for 25 years in leadership, that is really beneficial. But we're working on an ebook right now on leadership and coaching and how to help leaders be better coaches as the boss, okay? What's amazing to me is they came back as we're working on this book the uh the heads of the directors said we have to work in wellness. We have to work in wellness to this, into business. And I thought mm. that was, right? That was really interesting. Yep. It's like, no, we have to go back and not just say leadership, leadership, leadership. We have to say, how do we keep people well in an, in a business environment and in their own environment of their lives, right? And I thought that yeah, was very- Isn't that where everything
1: starts? That's where everything you. starts. Thank you. Thank you. You can't, you can't be a good leader unless you're well. Yes.
0: And you and have to decide a, a broad that. scope that, right? Yeah. That's broad. But you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to be a fellow of the Institute of Coaching, you're playing at that level. And there are lots of coaches and I understand it's a expense, but I will also say a lot of us work on sliding scales. We want to help people. So we do work on a sliding scale. um, but we also know that when we're working with people or hospitals, like my friend works, um, she was a teacher, she studied at Columbia, and she was, um she's a genius in the lab. She works with NYU Langone with their head people that they feel they want to groom to be the next leaders. And she works with them because she's married to someone in medicine, and she gets it. She just, she gets it. Mm-hmm. And well, I thought that that was really interesting. What's your take on that? Like, the differences that we see in leadership coaching or executive coaching, as opposed to health and wellness coaching, wellness coaching, life coaching.
1: Yeah, it's all, it's, there's, it's a big, big arena. It's just a big arena, you know, and, and I don't, I don't think, I think sometimes it's good to get a niche. So those that are in the, um, I mean, you look at somebody like, um, Brene Brown, because who doesn't love mm, Brene Brown? I mean, yeah. where did she start? I mean, like she's a an amazing researcher, social, you know, researcher. She's Texas, such a and
0: force of like this light and <laughs> openness and heart and soul. Oh, I mean,
1: but what got her started? What got her started? She stood up in a TED talk and was more vulnerable than she ever been in her whole life. She's a Type A person, and she opened up and let herself loose, and that was the beginning of her op- everything. So she was able to transition herself from that smaller kind of niche to Oprah to now being. uh, international sought-out leader in wherever so I think it's really just a broad stroke and where you take yourself to. But when you look at, when you look at somebody like her, it's more like she just opened herself up. That's wellness. That's, that's the beginning of wellness, becoming vulnerable to open yourself enough to be aware of what's going on inside. Excuse my French, but yep. what's going on inside and how is it dictating what's going on in my life around me? Because you're going to put out, you put out this energy and she, she thought she crashed and burned during that vulnerability talk, that, that vulnerability and shame talk. One moment. in fact, when in fact she totally became as authentic and as real as she's probably ever been and then her whole world exploded into an amazing trajectory to more just to more so whatever somebody's more is is different but it point being it's like yeah we all have to be well but we have to start it i always call it like an inside out job but we're such in a society of outside in we're all affected by everything external coming at us where we have to stop at one point say push that out go inside and find out the power inside that can come out and then open that well like she did open that well to wherever your world's going to take you because it's wide and expanse and anything's possible but we stay very contracted we stay contracted based on you know our limiting beliefs and i can't do it you know look at women what are those limiting beliefs that we all have at some point yep i'm not good enough i can't do it a man does it better uh, he uh, you name it you know my mother was that way i can't do it i'm too old i've heard it all in the coaching and it's like no no and no but to go inside Takes a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work. And sometimes we open that that mirror and start to look inside. It's like, oh no, I don't like what I'm seeing. I'm running. I'm running because it's gonna take a little bit of I'm rolling up my sleeves and I gotta do the work. It is, it's and amazing. Some of us it's just it's a lot of work um but at the end of the day you know if you're not getting better and what people what stops people in their tracks is they have what, I, what i'll call like this big contrasting moment where they go down in the dumps for whatever reasons like oh that's it no that's where it's it's like your fodder for what you really want so you go down they're like wait a minute do i want to stay down here do i want to stay depressed or I want to stay overweight do I, do I really want this well if you don't that's sometimes the only place you can find out what you really want and start soaring up and getting it it's not you know Rome wasn't built in a day. You just take baby steps every day, and you eventually get there. But I think the point is, we all have more inside of us than we bring out to use a lot of times. And you know, sometimes, um, sometimes I think sickness. Uh, somebody said to me, I think freeze I you. My, sometimes sickness I, frees you. It does. Some but somebody said to me once, and actually I think it was another coach, and I called her on it because she said when I first got my first when I had to have the surgery, she goes, Oh, you're doing too much, you're under too much stress. I said, First of all, coaches never tell people they're under stress. That's not right. And I don't believe that. I believe, yes, the stress factor bodies. Absolutely, no doubt. But I do believe that some significant health health illnesses happen to us as um, a catalyst. As hey, a catalyst, as a warning. A yeah. warning or a catalyst yeah. or something that says I can. I have a choice to move out of this. And it actually is a way to evolve into a higher level of being if you're open to it. You might get stuck in it, but when you're stuck, that's when you need somebody to kind of, you know, truthfully tell you, here's where you're at. Maybe you yeah. want to consider something different. Yeah, and But both, I do think that that's the yeah, big point.
0: I do. I think that, and I mm-hmm. think both of us are spiritual enough and we come from different mm-hmm. points, but it doesn't matter. We feel that we as beings can evolve. We can evolve. <laughs> I still will say, honestly, I think I got a mess because God had a really good sense of humor anyway. You, you who cannot balance personal and professional life, I'm taking you out. I'm giving you something that will not kill you, but it's going to annoy you and you are going to have to slow down, regroup, revamp, and decide how you want to live your life. And for me, it always was making a difference with women. And when I was in fashion and I was 280 pounds, I found a way to be in Connie Nass and Hachette and, Hurst and work in those, those halls still as a bigger girl and do my job because doesn't matter what size I am. I'm very good as an editor. But what was important to me was I didn't have balance. I worked all the mm-hmm. time. You know, my editors in chief loved my my Christmas cards. Would always say, "I know I can look down the hallway at two o'clock in the morning and you're there as we crunch getting out a magazine." I loved it. I loved it. But my body, especially being bigger, was like, "Hey, hey, hey! I'm here. You have to take care of me," and Some of us snap faster back. I didn't, honestly. I wish I had, Um, but I was busy searching for what would I do next that I could help women and help people live a better life? Because I was like, I am not interested in MS. What can I do that the doctor doesn't have to do as the patient? So I started to change my nutrition. I started to work out. I started to walk more. Anything I could do that would help me. But I also had a lot of growth that had to go through in order to stay out of the depression, anxiety of being given a chronic condition, right? right i mean that's still a mm-hmm. very heavy load pardon the pun yeah. to bear yeah. it's just it, you it are is. given this and you're like but I like doing 100-hour work weeks, and I like running on planes and going to doing fashion shows, and then coming back and going back on set and going out to the market. And then I like going on television and doing all this. But how much can a body handle? You know, I was in my 30s, and my body said, I can't keep up with you. I, I cannot keep up with you anymore. So here I am, 23 years later, aren't I lucky fortunate that I had a warning like that. So I can either take it as a good thing or a bad thing. And I'm going to have to say, do I like having MS? No. Would anyone like having any chronic condition? No. But I am not MS. And you see the commercials. I know you do about that. I am not MS. I welcome those commercials, even though I hate you know, drug company commercials, they annoy the crap out of me because we, you know, European countries don't allow that. We do, which is ridiculous, but I know. And then you go to the doctor and you're like talking, like, you know, something about medication, which you don't, because you saw an ad with the girl skipping around or some guy, you know, throwing, I don't know, whatever. The point is, is that I am not my disease. I have a chronic illness but I will never be the chronic illness. Will my lifespan, according to silliness of numbers, because research is done, maybe be seven to eight years shorter? Well, considering I have a grandmother who lived to 100, don't really care,
1: right? (laughs) Right, right. So- hey, Michelle, you said you said something really brilliant that I liked. You said my body can't keep up with me. So anybody listening, I mean, I think everybody gets that point where they say that. I, I you know, I, I, as I said, I have a um, a program I do with uh, midlife or beyond women. But my body can't keep up with me. I think the um, sometimes a gift. Now I have a chronic disease with my pancreas. I won't go into gory details because I don't want to bore anybody with it. But what it has done is has made me a walking testimonial to what you can do with your own energy and power. Like you said, Michelle, it doesn't define me, but if somebody says to me, I, I can't get my A1C one, one down. Yeah, you can. Cause oh, I well, get it.
0: Yeah. And I say can't or won't and, It sounds and, like a won't.
1: Right. And I, and somebody will, like, I just went through two years. Um, you know, because I have malabsorption with this pancreas, I didn't get enough vitamin D and calcium to my bones. I just started to develop osteoporosis. This is not familiar because my mother never had it and neither did hers. So this is because malabsorption. And so you got to get this, you got to get, get this drug. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was a catapult for me. Now, everybody out there listening at some point generally will eventually hear somebody that says, all right, that's it. My body can't keep up with me right now. Now I have to do something different. Well, for me, I've done a lot of things, but this osteoporosis thing put me over the edges. That's it. I mean, like you, Michelle, I love, to work. I work a lot of hours. I got a couple businesses. And I said, that's it right now. Lori, you're going to the gym from 7am to 9am strength training. I did it for a year. I told my endocrinologist, I said, Hey, uh, she goes, that's not going to do it. The bone you lost is gone. I was like, how do you know? And she said, it's a fact. I was like, how do you really know what I can do from here to here? I don't think you do. So can you give me? So I took the two years. I didn't take the medication. Um, I busted my butt literally um should I show you? now um my trainer <laughs> I work with every every other every other week he goes you're stronger than most of my 40 year olds and I and 60 plus so I said okay and so I had my DEXA scan I th- yeah I went from minus Which is A
0: DEXA scan is like a bone density scan I'm sorry
1: it's a bone density scan okay. I'm sorry so a DEXA scan Dex- is, a is an RN universe
0: scan. that's fine as long as as long as everybody understands right? sorry. bone density scan I talk No no in no acronyms No 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 but it, but when I have experts like you I take advantage of when you hear as the patient, out there, you guys, language like DEXA scan, and I'm hearing bone density scan. I want you to know DEXA scan, bone density scan, same thing. Okay. When you hear the right. doctor say that or the right. nurse say that, you're talking the same language.
1: Yeah. And so my previous one, um, like the the threshold for um, calling something osteoporotic. So they basically check your um, bottom of your spine, your two hips, and sometimes your wrist. So I was at minus 2.9. And then on top of that, they can do what they call trabecular bone score. And that tells you the matrix of the bone. And mine, that wasn't good either. Uh, So osteoporosis it was. And so the one I just had done, I improved it from minus 2.9 to minus 2.5, which that might be a result they get with a drug. I didn't have any drugs. so Wow. Technologist was not correct. I was correct because I decided in my brain, I was changing. Now that's not to say one day I wouldn't take the drug, you know, because if I have, if it's still, if it, You know, decreases to another whatever. But my point is, we have more control. I mean, we are definitely affected by the medical community, and they're doing a good job. But they're putting fear in our head, and like we have no choices but to do exactly what they say. And I always that's not the truth.
0: And you and I I, know that's not the truth. It's just
1: not the truth. Right. I follow a lot of what they say, but you you got to find a doc that's willing to listen. Like I've had a few docs along the years, and they will listen with my mind, body, spirit, or my alternative medicine things. You want somebody just to listen to you, and we'll go back and forth. It's a, it's an intelligent, smart conversation. Sometimes I'll zig with their zag and they'll zag with my, All right, try that. Let's just talk about it in a few months. So it's very important to have that kind of, and that's sometimes as a patient advocate, that's what I do. Let's get you a really good healthcare team. I'll yep. tell, take people from New Jersey and say, I got somebody in New York. We're going to New York. Let's put it all together. And let's get you to pick your best decision for you to get the best healthcare. They have yeah. to have that exposure. So that's, it's, that's yeah. big. Like your body will tell you if it's had enough. Michelle, it told you, it'll tell everybody. It'll tell It'll either tell you it's had enough or it will start giving you little symptoms like...
0: Well, that's what I got. So when you start to get sciatica, and I'm thinking it's sciatica because I'm 289 pounds, and then the sciatica working out with the trainer, who's like a tough trainer, suddenly my stomach area is numb like my back is. And I'm like, hmm, oh, hmm, why is that? Mm. And then suddenly it's, I get this numb spot underneath my eye. What is that? Well, you have to listen to your body. Lori and I listen to our body. We're not better than you. We just believe that, you know what? This is my body. My doctor does what he needs to do as biomedicine. He's got a job to do. He keeps me well. He keeps me on the right drugs. I see his PT director. She checks. We talk about balance. We talk about, you know, are my hips more open because I have dropped foot? I do what I need to do, though, nutrition-wise. He, because patience in his practice we pushed him to bring in a naturopath we pushed him we had a war and we had like (laughs) you must do this you must do this because we were doing it ourselves and when he begrudgingly at the beginning brought her in he started to see things really shift and change not in those of us who were doing it for ourselves but for his practice and it didn't matter. It that, that made me smile the most because if you were relapsing or remitting, which is the beginning of MS, I've been here for 23 years, even primary progressive and secondary progressive patients, those are different levels of MS, um, they were feeling better. They were feeling mm. better because their food was better because we who have, and I don't know if with pancreas, we had low D3 levels, we had low B6 levels, B12 levels. And if you can... Pr- if you can improve those by eating better food, and I don't know if this is your area too, with inflammatory chronic conditions, the less you eat of pure sugar of like those white sugar packets, of pastries of that kind of stuff, of meat of fattier foods, not avocados, not that kind of things, not olive oil, but the more you eat that kind of Mediterranean diet or the other 56 million diets that are out there, you know, but still I go back to the Mediterranean always. Um, the Point is, is that we were helping
1: ourselves. Well, you know what, Michelle, you just said something again, I, I've been listening to and, and and we have to listen to our bodies. But more importantly, we have to act on it. So my my, my foundation to my actually my conscious kind of aging course is called there's 12 dimensional wellness, but the, the foundation for all of us is self love and self responsibility. I look back and the only way I got my pancreatic cyst that luckily turned out to be benign diagnosis, because for three weeks, I had this stabbing pan- and people always ask me because everybody's afraid of pancreatic cancer. Well, what, how, how, did, how did what happened? I said, so I'll have this sharp shooting pain in the side of my left side where your pancreas is for three weeks, like somebody took an ice pick. One, bam! Only lasted ten seconds. Once a day for three weeks, and then it was gone. So a couple of weeks later, I see my endocrinologist. And I I forgot about it actually during the visit. Came on was like, oh shoot, I forgot to tell her that. Darn it. I called her back up. A lot of people would just forgot about it. So my point is if your body's speaking to you and you don't act on it, you're not you don't you you don't you're have enough self-responsibility. You are you are not, not honoring, honoring yourself, yourself right? right? I mean you're just not You've got to, you can't you don't want to be a hypochondriac, but if it's something that could potentially be something, you know, some of it is just making sure you get your your screenings properly. Some of it could be like, you know when you're overweight, you know when you have less energy you know and less energy i want to make this point i've had so many people say well you know i'm pushing 70 on my friend we but you know you're gonna have less energy no if you get in the right amount of sleep things will shift a little bit but you won't have that much less energy that you don't feel like getting off the couch yeah. so it, it, if, if if it's it's this if you don't be truthful with yourself. Yeah. And know that, I mean, it's around us. I mean, we couldn't have more external stimuli telling us if your blood pressure's up, your weight's up, your cardiovascular risk, but, 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 I, you could go through a whole slew, then you're asking for trouble. That's a lack of self care and self love. And unfortunately for women, we tended to be raised and to act our whole lives as caregivers. We love being moms, wives, give, 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 nurses, especially. We just want to give. And then we lose out on our own. Capabilities. And honestly, you know, somebody said to me recently because I struggle because of this pancreas, my diet has to be meticulous. And I will say that through health issues, I don't, Michelle, you might share this. I think we talked about it. There are silver linings. My silver lining is simple. Had I not gone through all these health issues, I wouldn't have learned and become more aware of how I was eating. I was never that overweight at all because I'm tall, and, but I did have extra on me, but I didn't know why. And I couldn't get that last five or 10. Why? Because mm-hmm. you couldn't see what you were doing until I yeah. had to learn how to eat all over again. And my head said, uh, oh, normally I would have had that second bowl of pasta because I made it. It was tasty. And now I can't because I can't. And I realized psychologically- Because you use you mindfulness know, totally and you gonna-
0: slow your butt roll. I, you, as I say, slow your roll, put down your fork and knife.
1: Mindfulness around right. food. Americans
0: are the worst with this. And not if you're fatter. or thin, yeah, but you it doesn't know what, matter. Michelle?
1: What's really hard for people? Because I found it hard. You're around. We're around. Like I. I don't know. I guess you know. I want to say to people too. You know, if you're going through a struggle, like I went through a struggle after this, I had to learn how to eat all over again, and everybody else is eating normal, and I wasn't. I literally whine. I was a whiner. It's okay <laughs> oh, I did to too. whine. Oh,
0: please. Did you, everybody okay has a okay pity to whine party?
1: Because like, yeah, have a oh, pity party, but get wha- but over the do- pity
0: party. But have it. Mm-hmm. Have the pity party. Don't do
1: the right do the right thing. Absolutely right? still do the right thing. But you know, when, when um and some people say it's too hard. Yep, yep. It sure can be hard. But you know what? You have a choice. It, you can go the hard route or you can go the slow and steady decline route. Mm, you mm. can do that hard route now. You can start the hard route now and say, that's it. Like I busted my butt. My husband thought, what are you doing? Leaving at 30? That's it. Because I work. And I was like, I got to get in, in the morning. That's it. No, this is not, this isn't controlling me. And that's, you either pick, you pick something that, you know, you have an epiphany. It's going to motivate you to move forward and fly and don't stop. I have. I actually have a great TikTok thing from a big gym workout crazy guy. And he talks about you, you're not going to get a short-term hit. You're not. Like I wasn't going to go to the gym when I started, just like some people may start January 1st. And in <laughs> February, March, when it's like, whoa, isn't this enough? Do I have a result? No, you've got to go make it a consistent, consistent. habit over a long period of time. So that is that is the hard part. And that's why, you know, us as coaches, we get hired to help people be their accountability buddy or get a friend to be your thing. And, you know, change just doesn't happen. Change is very hard for people and as we get older sometimes change gets but I, I think my point is if you don't have enough self-love like I, there's a great book out there called love yourself like your life depends on it because it does it really does because it does so do me a yeah. favor
0: um you have a company which we haven't talked about called health link advocates out in New Jersey mm-hmm. even though you grew up in Long Island you know um you do you have a team of people under you as the president with, well, with
1: expertise in now, different we are- in
0: different areas
1: I did. Some of some have retired. You know, we're like we're like sixty five plus, plus. So we're some of us are in that semi retirement area. So my my what I call my my um strong and mighty team um was two RNs, myself, and another gal who um I call ourselves New York City RNs because in two New York City RNs, you get five or six from somewhere else because <laughs> you know Michelle, we're New Yorkers. You know what New Yorkers do? We're tough cookies. New you know, you're, Yes. And in fact, and then I have a um, one gal who still does it. She does all insurance. advocacy. She's been doing it for 20 years. She does insurance advocacy. She's phenomenal. We had a hospital system once call us um, pitbulls. bulls. And oh, they, I love they, it. They, they, That's
0: they, a compliment. They said,
1: Yeah, they said these pit bulls aren't going away. We're we're gonna have to wash this cost. It was a couple hundred thousand dollars. It was just somebody was in the wrong. So that's my team. But right now my team is only the two of us. So I do split my time between advocacy um, cases and health and wellness. But I mean, my I will never not help somebody who's sick. But I did take a break a little bit after COVID because so much it was so hard during COVID. I had my own issues, health issues. So I took a little backseat. Yep, I do. I do. I'm really committed to my online group and my conscious aging program.
0: Talk about the
1: online group. I love this. I, you know, ladies, I got to tell you, we have so many creative juices in us that we got to keep flowing and let flow, but it requires us to become really open. So I, I've worked on that. So I came up with this term from my can't, uh, conscious aging program called leap into midlife. The L stands for love of self. The E stands for energetic body, the A stands for agile mind, and the P stands for peace and purpose. This is all based on my wellness wheel that starts with self-love and responsibility and then goes into how do we put the best energy in our body through moving, sensing, and eating. And then the agile mind is all about how are we thinking, how are we feeling, how are we communicating. And if that's, you know, we get that optimum, that's that that's mind body, right? So the body you talked about, the mind. And then the spirit is we talk about, you know, what kind of intimacy do you have in your life? And I'm not talking just sexual intimacy I'm talking with friends, pets, you name it, intimacy, finding meaning and finding um transcending, getting into the flow and purpose. And Michelle, you know that's when we finally get to that spiritual sense of ourselves where anything can happen. That's yes. where the power lies. Yeah. And so this is that wellness wheel. So that's the program. So it's conscious aging. I'm actually running right now. I'm running the signature course, which runs about three months. Um but I also have an online um, Facebook group called Magnificent Midlifers. Magnificent Midlifers. Face- okay. Yes. Mag- Magnificent Midlifers. And my business page is called Best Midlife Ever. Love so it. I'm always posting in there. I go live. Usually I'm live on... Um, Facebook talking about I usually on uh, Thursday evenings. I also do reels on my best midlife ever Facebook page. I generally do them when I'm coming out of the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I come up with a word of the week. Like last, what am I coming up with this week? This week is um last week was celebrate. This week is boundaries. Okay. Um, I have a whole I have a whole guide on how to have a stress free. um, Christmas. I tried to work Hanukkah into it, but it just didn't go together. Yeah, but well, you could just you know make it- There's always
0: hope. There's always hope. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: There's there's, there's holiday. It's 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 really about how to have the right mindset, how to get yourself set up for a holiday. You could use this for any event, really. Yeah. Um. So that's what I'm really dedicated to. Because again, like I said before, I will help anybody that's sick and in the vortex of the healthcare system, try and get out safely with the right treatment, be well. But I'd rather prevent them from getting there in the first place. So I want to help midlife women and beyond prevent the chronic diseases that have become could be knocking on their front door and there's a way to not let it get worse. And it is to me, it's all about developing the mind, body, spirit because I've witnessed myself Move health issues out of my life, or have them more controlled by the power of my mind and spirit. Yeah. So, and h- how long have thing. you?
0: How long have you been doing the groups? Are they normally like three months? Have you found like that that sweet spot of what you like no, to do? Them? No,
1: no. I've been this is this is my first one. I actually started. This, I'm actually playing with it. I'm actually sending out a poll to the group because I'm I'm kind of motivated to do maybe lunch and learns in the in the Q1 next 2024. Okay. Uh, lunch and learns will be based on all the twelve dimensions. If you go through all of them, you get a little bit of a snippet, you may want to hop into the big course, you may want to do group coaching. Um, So that's what I'm looking at. Because the three months, it's, you know, you have to be dedicated, the the signature course is expensive. So when you're going to jump in, and I always say, you know what, if you really want to make change, you make yeah. the commitment, you pay the money, and you will probably do it. Anything I've ever done, like when I did that um, first life coaching course, I spent a lot of money. There was some homework I had to do, and my husband was like, "You don't have to do that." I was like, "Oh no, oh yes, I do." I paid that money. I'm doing it yeah. because that's the way you get your result. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm still in flux about what I'm going to do. I'm actually very interested. I might even put it up on um, next door neighbor. I'm looking at doing meetup groups because I think women need to be together. Yeah. and so that could be just me, just supporting and just being in a group. And getting ideas from people. What do what do women need? What do they want? In um, some online groups, support groups, spiritual book club groups. I got lots of ideas. I'm putting it in a poll, and I'm going to put it out there and see what resonates with so, the people in the group.
0: Can people go to your Facebook group of? I'm going to say magnificent um, midlifers. And yes. on Facebook, um, and yep. can they ask to join? And then you, you normally have, I normally have some like things that, you know, you ask questions like, you know, are you willing to blah, blah, and are yes. you willing to not, you know, talk bad, you know, speak bad, you know, I mean, those. yeah, kinds of things.
1: I actually, I actually do more specific questions. Like a little, I used to ask what their biggest challenge was in, um in midlife and now i just say you know i'm just interested to hear what they heard from me but i also ask their email address because if they the group is private um but i also ask for, for their emails because like if they miss a facebook live i can i send um you know, an email out after the Facebook live and post it so if they missed it because everybody's busy, right? Yeah, yeah. And I send out other. I send out freebies. I send out little gifts of you know. Okay. Checklists so you have you have mantras. freebies that
0: you do and matcha. Perfect. Because yeah, we're trying to let you see the the value of and the benefits of working together, especially women. You know, I mean, I'm glad yeah. you've got the magnificent midlifers. Um, you and I just talked. I had this amazing weekend with the CEO Summit because most of us were coaches that were different coaches, business coaches, life coaches, health and wellness coaches, all different, you know, all different uh, areas. And to come together as women and support each other in a community like your building, you have this community, Mm -hmm. makes us all better because you see people who are on the wellness learning curve a little bit ahead of you. And you can go, if they can get there. I could get there. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's important for women. You know, we can't always be in, you know, um, in a contest with each other like, oh, well, she looks better than so-and-so and and I could look better than so so No, we all are doing the best we can. Women are beautiful. I spent years and years in fashion design houses and in magazines. Women are beautiful what's ugly sometimes is how we feel about ourselves inside. And if you can invest in you to really dig deep and say, I feel that I am beautiful. I feel that I am worthy. I know that I can be the best me and I am willing there's that canter won't. You guys have heard me talk about mm-hmm. this at nauseum again. I had a woman. It was the year of the Audrey Hepburn little black dress doing a show. I loved it. But some of us are heavier on the bottom and we got more in the trunk or we got heavier mm-hmm. thighs or we don't like our arms. You know what? Then that she dress, you ask the person who comes up to you and goes, well, I can't do that. And I sort of, first time I heard that, I was like, okay, can't do that. And then I sort of decided I'm going to challenge this. Can't or won't, because if it's a won't, I can't help you. If you can, consider there is some room around this. And if you don't like your arms, wear a sweater, wear a cardigan. You could wear the dress three-quarter sleeve. You could throw a Pajmina shawl over it. If you think you have too much down and you're more pear-shaped, you're heavier at the bottom. Well then take it to an A-line instead of really, really straight. So can't or won't. In life, can you? invest in you because I won't settle for anything less than being the best that I can be. And I won't let people with chronic conditions know that they have choice. And I will not let you think that MS is the kiss of death. I won't. Since 1995, we have drugs. Since 1995, we have drugs that keep you in relapse and remitting. This is important. She has pancreas stuff. She's out there, especially as an RN. She even has more of that. I want to make a difference for you. All of you have met nurses. Do you remember the nurse in your head that made a difference? Because I sure as heck can. I can name a number of them. They made a difference because they care, not just about themselves and their jobs and, you know, getting crap onto the keyboard and all the things they have to do. They care because they love people, because they want people to be well. Why are we health and wellness coaches? Because we want people to be well. And that's where
1: we're going. And that's how we are. Hey, Michelle, you just gave such an inspirational speech there. I'm (laughs) goosebumped. That was fantastic. Um, I hope I inspired
0: a bunch of listeners.
1: I do. I hope so. And that is so true about nurses. I mean, you know, they talk about nurses being the number every year for the last however many years where Quinnipiac does their poll on what's the, what, what, what are the regular people in the world's most trusted profession? It's nurses. And we are the backbone of the healthcare system We're you know, and it is just because of care. Like I said, at five years old, I knew I was going to be a nurse. I was meant to be a nurse and nurse comes in all, you know, that's just helping people. But I want to say that when I was going through my, my recent crisis with my pancreas, there was a lot I had to do. And at some point, somebody said to me who had some health issues who were, anybody ever meet anybody that's in denial about the health issues? I sure have like, oh, mm, yeah. and they weren't really addressing the health issues. Like I thought maybe they should. Um, so I said to this person, I said, you know, if, um, looks like you raise your hand. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. sorry. That was a mistake. <laughs>
0: Oh, we're on Zoom, accent. you guys. Oops. This is live. When I do Oops. radio, when I do radio, what's really important to me, and when I'm a grown-up and I like stop like crotzing around, um, I should be taking these interviews to YouTube, and I'm given that opportunity. But it's my it was my first year of doing this. But if I can't see the person I'm interviewing, just like when I work with someone and Lori works with someone, we want to see you. so yeah, we do. Right. So anyway, I want you to anyway that you, was that was that like, was I funny. Did, she, so it went that. out. That you guys who are on Zoom. And who you know, you know how you can hit raise hand. So she had raise hand up there and I was just like, okay, she
1: hit a button, whatever. And it looked like I was mute. I was like, oh, am I, am I talking? something? I would have given you a warning. Good. Well, so I said to this person, I said, you know, if I did what you did, what you're doing with your body, I'd be dead. If I didn't do exactly what I did, which is taking care of my body, having enough responsibility to myself. Um, and ownership. You're and given ownership. this body
0: from your parents, okay, and yeah. from mine. But did I, you have to, take to care do care of all it, this? right?
1: Right. And did I want to do all this? Did I want to res- do the sh- restrictions and the procedures I had to do? And go no. But you know what? Here's the other key word. I loved your just your your nice um, inspirational talk just now. Those those <laughs> great words. But I will also say one word that key is acceptance acceptance is huge. We cannot, awareness, where's the three words? Awareness, acceptance, appreciation. You can be aware of what you need to do, accept it and just keep moving forward and say, what, what, what really holds us back? Okay, so I whined for six months about my food restrictions, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. But once I got over the whining, I was in full acceptance mode, whined a little bit more. Finally, it's like, this is my life. It's just part of my life. But more of my life is out here in the front, you know, doing like these kinds of things or helping my clients or, you know, if you can actually my insurance advocate, I'm going to give her credit. She told me one time that she now this is a woman who is. Awesome. Probably never had to work a day in her life, but always work. Volunteering, you name it. She's helping people. She goes, I wake up every morning and say to myself, Who can I help today? Oh god And she'll go to amazing. Right? So that's amazing. What I did. And- and at night, she says, How did I do today? How simple is that? So, you know, we're we're more than our illnesses. We're more than our bodies. We have to, in order to do the right work, we got to take care of that. But that becomes almost secondary. You accept what you have, you take care of it. You know, maybe, maybe you make it like, like I organize seeing my specialists. I see them all in the fall. I see them in the spring. In between that, I am golden. I mean, obviously, as much as you so can. So, how can people, so you kind of organize it. So,
0: how can people get a hold of you?
1: What's uh, your website? They can't, My website, well, I have two websites. One is www.healthlinkadvocates.com. You can go on there and um, you can contact me. You can set up a, you know, I always offer 15-minute complimentary calls. My other site for the wellness is healthlinkadvocates.kajabi.com. And that's the women's wellness. But if you want to contact me, you can always, should I give my telephone number? I can just give that up to you. 973-908-6570. I'm a people person. So, you know, if I can pick up the call, I can. If not, I call, I return. Try to return all my messages by the end of the day. If not and I can attest to she days. does
0: return all messages yeah. when I was hooked. And when somebody said they looked at a list of five people to help my aunt, my aunt is 83 and she had broke her hip and broke her femur bone and she needed Somebody other than me. Sometimes I'll tell you guys, sometimes even us being patient advocates and health and wellness coaches, family doesn't always hear you. So sometimes you have to call upon others. And I was given by two people that said, yeah, no, you need to speak to Lori Gardner. I was like, okay. I'll speak to Laura nice. So the That's but nice. the patient advocacy world is like that, guys. We are not in we're not in um contest with each other. There are there's more than enough work. There's more than enough patients, caregivers that need the help. So reach out and I am so happy. We're going to come revisit things because I want to talk about more about women and the other the the magnificent um, midlifers. I really Magnific- think it's important. Who
1: wants who wants to be a magnificent midlifer? And it does, you know. I, I will, and I know we're short on time now, but I I think that as aging women, and use whatever word you want. I'm I'm not a fan of anti aging. My my role model is Helen Mirren. Look at that woman. Ooh, she is awesome. I see her in that show with the with the oh, gun, and she God. is just, she's just just badass. But she also has elegance and grace and. I just think we have to do that for ourselves. And um, it just requires, sometimes people just don't know how to do it and they get stuck and then they're stressed, but there are ways you can do it. And and it really is an inside job. I will say a couple of quick testimonials from my, my current group doing the Conscious Aging course. Um, I'm a big proponent of meditation. I think that um, like you can change your face and make it look younger just by doing meditation. So and there's lots the of for different
0: meditations. Now remember, right. both of us believe in all walking meditation Meditations, sitting meditations, right. sound meditations, listening to someone. There's lots of ways to get there. You please don't fight us. Just explore, explore, explore. and that's why yeah. I have I have Lori here. Magnificent midlivers. today. 60 looks 50. 50 looks 40. 40 looks 30. 30 looks 20. That's a good thing for us. So let's yeah. celebrate. I don't care, midlife. You know, 45, 50. That's the middle of your life, whatever. But we should be the best. That we can be. And getting better. What and is that? Get, what, remember that oh old expression God. from
1: years ago? I'm not getting older. I'm getting better. I know. Simple. I just laugh. You know,
0: and this is why I have Lori's coming back, guys. I'm making Lori bring, or else I'll speak to her privately. Lori and I will talk about this. Her insurance lady, because that for many oh. of us is so frustrating. And if she never can, pay the first bill, <laughs> never pay the first never bill. The first and first first so that's bill. a book, you guys. That's a book. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about that because I want you to understand that. You have more control, and you don't know what it is. And life and health insurance is really scary. But if you understood it better, it would not scare you as much as it does. So Lori and I attest to that being an RN. I will attest to that being a patient and having two chronic conditions. You know what? Don't pay the first bill. Don't pay the second bill. Wait till the third comes through, and then call your health insurance company. Call your doctor to see what was paid. And if it is really off and they're still thinking it's tens of thousands, thousands of dollars, guess what? In the state of New York, it goes up to Albany and it's called a surprise bill. And Don't you dare not use that ability to do that. It is growing across the states. Surprise bills should happen. We'll let Lori and her insurance guru
1: talk about that. So in the new year. That's 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 big. That that's big. And and really the basic principle is never pay a provider's bill, whether it's a hospital, a doctor, until you've checked your EOB. If you don't have a patient portal, get one. And tell them what an EOB is. Explanation
0: of Explanation of Benefits. Exclamation of benefits, guys. Explanation.
1: That'll tell you as a subscriber to your insurance um, plan what you're responsible for. That number needs to match what's on the provider's plan and, it, and the provider's bill. It doesn't always. So that's why you have to let it go through cycles. But that's a base. Listen, insurance is so convoluted that sometimes Doris and I have trouble figuring out like, what is this? But the bottom line is, I will say the other big piece of advice is a lot of times you're sick. You don't want to deal with it. You got to at least call the company where there's you think there's a discrepancy. Call the provider and say, listen, I'm working on it. Can you put the account on hold while I figure... Figure out what's going on with my insurance company and everything else. Because if you don't pay attention to it, they'll throw you in collections. Luckily, I think. Yeah,
0: and don't let yourself get upset. It's money. It's money. Guys, health insurance should not be a business, both. Lori, and I will tell you, healthcare should not be a private business. Healthcare is the state of people being alive or becoming dead. We want you to not be scared. You can pull your big pants on, your big girl's pants on, and reach out to people like us. We will help you. We will walk you through. I want you, Lori wants you to become your own advocate. We want you to own your own advocacy. It is expensive. Health insurance is much too expensive. We know that. So we work with you
1: to make it work for you. Maybe I should do some lunch and learns on that too. Just do some on the health issues and the Absolutely. insurance issues come 2024. But um, yeah, I think it's important to really not pay that first bill because you might be overpaying and you got to understand it before you pay. A lot of times people, they, you know, sometimes those bills make you sicker. So I'm like, you know what, if you want, throw all the receipts, everything you have in a box, send it to us, we'll figure it out and then go back to you. Because we're all also all about healing. You know, money can make people sicker and they don't heal when they have this pressure on them. And I think it was this, was it this year? I think Biden they did pass um a bill that says no longer can um you know, Because the number one reason for uh, bankruptcy in this country, which is it's horrible to even say, is medical bankruptcy. People just yeah. can't pay their medical bills. Horrible. And, ha- but-
0: and what's been going on in the New York Times about old age and being put into assisted living? What have we been reading in the New York Times? And it's in other papers. Please don't think it's just the New York Times. I read other papers and you yeah. all read what you read. But what we're seeing is people are going bankrupt when they had money in there because they're in a nursing home or a assisted living. And suddenly it's $85 to Give you your diabetes shot,
1: excuse me yeah yeah, but I will I will say that one one uh, important distinction is this year I think was the um the beginning of when uh, they passed a law that says no longer can you take anybody that's got medical medical um bills that they're not paying you can't put them in collection. so that at least lessens some of the fear um so that's helpful.
0: So Lori and I are going to sign off and I'm going to to open up that we will be back. Here's a subject that will definitely be an hour's worth of a conversation. So Lori, yeah. I'll see you on the other side of uh, 2024. Great.
1: Happy New it's Year. Been a pleasure. Happy Holidays, Happy everybody. Healthy New
0: Year. Happy Holidays. Celebrate and just
1: yep. be the best you and know that you're worth making a difference for. And next year it can be even a better version. 2024 version. Coming on in, ladies. I got on in. it.